Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. And there is a lot for us to talk about today. We have the New York Rangers coaching surge that keeps on going, who the Islanders should potentially replace an outgoing UFA defenseman with, and, of course, the NHL playoff talk and every all the ramifications that happen with that. There is a lot to go over. I, of course, am your well-traveled host, Mark Williams, currently right now, Deep in the heart of Texas, as I went to the game last night, ugh, that the, that I, I missed potentially the best goal song in the NHL. But I'm brought to you by the man thoroughly exploring high rules still, just like me, Mr. John Volkowski. Shrine hunts, moblin killings, great. But uh, I just got another little piece of information for um, any gamers. I don't know who just saw it, but um, – Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater remake coming to PlayStation 5. They just announced it today. So that is that is actually very big news. And of course, the man who is public enemy number one to Lula Amarillo, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Yeah, um, I got I gotta tell you, I'm I'm a little surprised that both these conference final series at 3-0 right now. It's I would have never, I would have never ever predicted that before they started, but thus, that thus, that's where we're at. So, uh, good point, Anthony. Do you know the last time both of these conference finals ended in sweeps? Uh, no, but I think you mentioned it before in our chat. Ninety-two, ninety-three, ninety-two. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Penguins swept the Boston Bruins, and yeah. the Blackhawks swept. I forgot who they swept. But I still find it funny that in a year where the Blackhawks had the NHL record for most consecutive wins in the playoffs with 11, they were knocked out of the playoffs by the Penguins, who ended up with an 11 game, uh, 11 game win streak of their own. So how about that one? Thanks to all you guys for joining us. And by the way, we are on the march to 10,000 subscribers. This. Everybody, thanks for your support. We're not there yet, so we're not celebrating. You so, the Edmonton Oilers in 92. Thank you. I could remember. I can't believe Edmonton got that far without Messier. I mean, that was their top for that year. Yeah, and uh, Ranger fans, you know how much of a hassle he could be. Uh, but, again, look for my 60-second game reviews. Um, I might be doing another one as early as tonight. I wanted to do one so badly for the four-overtime game. But, I mean, even in the house I was staying at in Arizona, it was, everybody was asleep. Uh, again, look for us on Rumble. We got more articles coming in the pipeline. Both me and Neil from Devil State of Mind is joined, uh, joining us now. And as you can see right behind me, Big Apple Hockey trucker hats are available. Still working on jerseys, everybody. Uh, so they're not there yet. And we are joined, we, we already joined forces with the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks again to Taylor. Two girls, one Stanley Cup. You can look for them. Their stars podcast on well, the Hockey Podcast Network, and we'll be I'll be thanking them a couple different times. But of course, guys, this is the A Block. They're so, on Spotify. Uh, yeah, I just don't mean to cut you off, but they're on Spotify. If anybody wants to listen, they're actually a pretty interesting podcast because they kind of go off the rails a little bit, and they're a lot of fun. So, which I I had a great time hanging out with that entire crew last night. And, of course, everybody, this is the A Block. Not much to talk about on the New York Islanders side, but a little bit to talk about on the Rangers side. They interviewed Mike Babcock, Peter Laviolette, and the Leafs assistant, Spencer Carberry. Phil, 
I mean, oh, that I said Laviolette without any problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I always get tripped up whenever I go to La. Uh, I, I forget how I screwed it up now. You got me right so much, I can't screw it up. How about that for everybody? Look, does any of these names excite you? I like Peter Laviolette. I know that everybody's going to say that. Oh, I don't want to retread. Why are we going to go around the same old road again? I'm going to say this again, and I've said it so many times. I, I really do hate repeating myself when it comes to certain subjects. This is one of them. But I have a very hard time seeing Chris Drury sell James Dolan on a, on a rookie head coach. So whether it's Spencer Carberry, Jay Leach, Chris Knobloch, or anyone else that has not coached as a head coach in the NHL, I really have a hard time seeing an owner that's clearly in win-now mode with the moves that they've made over the last two years, over the last two summers, from this point on, actually, this very point on, May 2021. Remember, I was in North Carolina in May of 2021 when we found out that John Davidson and Jeff Gorton got fired. So it, it, it was around this exact time, that two years ago, that all those moves started happening. Everything since then has been win now. So if, if you can sell James Dolan on bringing in a coach that may not be able to have, help this team win in, uh, I would say, two, three years, maybe even sooner than that, then maybe we could see a, a newer, you know, fresh blood, non-retread type head coach come in. But I have a feeling that they really do want Quenville. Because I know that Larry Brooks came out two weeks ago and said, oh, well, they're not going to do anything with Quenville. Then why are they waiting on a decision from Gary Bettman on Joel? That tells me that that's nothing but a smokescreen and it's BS. So I got to go ahead. I, I gotta, sorry, I got to look something up. I, I thought I saw something a couple of days ago about Joe Quenville and Bettman um, didn't grant him permit. Well, didn't reinstate him. I, I gotta, I gotta pull it up and see where it was. But um, I, you know what? I looked for that too when I found out about that. That Quen, when I saw that news that Quenville, they were waiting on Quenville uh, a decision yeah. on him. And I, I personally didn't see anything. So if you saw something, great. And I, I must have missed it. But um, I, I can tell you right now, they def. I think they definitely want Quenville. And I think that Dolan just doesn't care. Uh, I think Laviolette is the safest and probably the best pick. Um, I don't see Babcock. Um, I, I, I just I think that he would ruffle too many feathers with this group. I think Laviolette is good at handling egos, but is also good at handling young players. And I definitely, I, like I said, I can't see a rookie head coach at this point. They've got to win sooner than later, and I, I just. I have a really hard time seeing James Dolan have the, the patience to, to, to let a rookie head coach come in here. And yeah, David, I mean, that is the problem with the team right now. It's Dolan. Um, but it's also, it's not also just Dolan. It's the fact that Gorton went ahead and tried to re accelerate this rebuild four years back instead of just letting it take its course. I mean, did they have to go scorched earth? No, but they've kind of cornered themselves with, Big contracts to Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, which I said that they should have moved not only in the 2019 draft, but at the 2020 trade deadline, I said they should have moved them, but they didn't. Uh, Artemi Panarin, which, yeah, we all love the fact that he became a Ranger four years ago and and took less from you know the Rangers as opposed <clears throat> to the Islanders. 
but this has really kind of cornered them. And, and, and it's not just Dolan. It, it's, it's the way that this team has been built. So now you have this cap crunch, you have these restricted free agents to sign and you, you really don't have a coach right now that with a, a plan. And now you got to bring in a guy that can win now can handle this pressure can handle dealing with someone like Dolan and it's probably going to have Chris Drury breathing over his neck a lot. So for me, I don't see that as a rookie head coach. I see that as a retread and whether or not people want to retread or not, I think they're going to have to deal with it. I, I, I found it. It was Greg. It was a couple days ago. Greg Wyshynski said, um, the Joel Quenville has not shown the NHL. He's done enough off the ice to be reinstated back into the NHL. So is that it's, officially word from Gary Bettman, or is that his take on it? Uh, it's hard to say because it, it it says it just says um, Joe Quenville has not done enough off the ice, and that's in quotes to be reinstated by the NHL. So he had it in quotes. So maybe it was it's a, something he got from the league, but I mean he's the only one saying it. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I just I just remembered I, I had read something, so I, I just wanted to find it, but. So, yeah, no, I, I I appreciate that. I think that you know that's a good that's a good look. I just I want to see something from one of the bigger guns, like yeah. maybe Rick Westhead, especially mm-hmm. considering that he he exposed mm-hmm. a scandal. <clears throat> want to see something yeah. from him or or um, Frank Saravalli or Bob McKenzie or someone like that. Ellie Freeman, Darren Dreger, someone more notable come yeah. forward. But in but just. With their coach shirts in general, I, I tend to agree with Philip. My only caveat is to a guy like Knobloch, um, let's just say use him as an example. Um, obviously, he's a coach in the AHL. Those guys are all about developing players um, and whatnot. So maybe maybe a guy like him would be good for, you know, Lafreniere and Kako, you know, kind of to, to more so in, in line with that development. I don't know how the, the veterans on the team will, you know, respond to that. But I think in that aspect, he could be – uh, a possibly good fit, but overall, I think they're going at Laviolette. That's just my gut. Um, I don't. Yeah. See, I know he was. I know he was interviewed by the Blue Jackets. I mean, is that job really appealing to him? Um, I don't think he wants that job. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe if they would have got the first overall pick and got Bedard, and no more, they do got good pieces like Kent Johnson and Marchenko had a you know hell of a year for a rookie. Um, you know, so they're they're good pieces in there, Gaudreau. But I, I just think. My gut is you'd prefer the Rangers job. Um, and I haven't really haven't really heard his name linked to anybody other than the Blue Jackets and the Rangers. I don't know if he's interviewed anywhere else, but um, that's that's just my guess right now is LaViolette. Babcock, he's been out of the league a while now, and you know, did he change? I don't you know, did he change his ways? Who knows? But um, I think Bab I think LaViolette's the probably the best choice. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, you know, it's weird. A lot of teams are kind of – it's like they're waiting to see who's going to pull the trigger first on announcing a new coach. There's so many teams that mm-hmm. have vacancies, and they're inter- they've interviewed a bunch of candidates, but no one's made the move yet. So we'll see who goes first. Um, I saw today that Gerard Gallant is going to be considered for the Flames head coaching job. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Um, but it's looking like it's going to be a little bit of a carousel here. So – yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. I'll say this: it, Gerard Gallant is probably a good fit for the Flames job, though. After what they dealt with with Sutter, you cannot have somebody like Jonathan Huberto regress sixty points—the highest single season yeah. regression 
in one in NHL history from one year to the yep. next without stifling a player like that. So I think Gallant might actually find himself a home in Calgary because I think he would fit there. I have a couple of concerns uh, when it comes to uh, Laviolette, I think, is a great coach. I've wanted him on the Rangers for years. I'm just not sure if he's the right coach for this team right now. But even though he he checks a lot of the boxes, he's won already. He gets his teams to the Stanley Cup Finals, except for Washington and the Islanders. And let's be honest, getting the Islanders to Game 7 in 2001 was like the Stanley Cup Finals. Sorry, Anthony. Uh, 2002, but because uh, they had they were they didn't win for a long time at that point. But then you have, but he does develop young talent. We talked about this last week, um, especially in his wingers, Victor Arvidsson, uh, uh, oh, all, all the Flyers guys, Claude Giroux. I mean, he even got career seasons out of Sean Bates. Mike Babcock has got a, a great track record and a great resume now. Can he rub players the wrong way? Does he need to learn how to uh, talk to the modern player? Maybe, but it's not like he the the Maple Leafs weren't a good team under him, and they had their you know, own issues. You know where I heard um, Babcock uh, linked to recently is um, Anaheim, and you know he uh, he was previously there, and that's yeah. an interesting job because you know the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, look look at. Look at who they have coming up. I mean, they have McTavish, a good player, Troy Terry, Zegris. Um, you have John Gibson in goal if he stays there. And then you're, you're going like, to probably get Adam, Adam Fantilli. Fantilli. Yes, and then you're going to probably draft Adam Fantilli. Um, I could see why that would maybe be an attractive, um, you know, spot for Babcock. So, uh, but I, I think he, I think he is in high demand. Um, I just don't know if ultimately a team's going to look at everyone they interviewed and say, all right. Let's go with the guy that's been out of the league for a couple of years now. So we'll see. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Anthony, because one of the things uh, that I have to point out with this is somebody like LaViolette doesn't want to go and go do a development job like Columbus. I don't think that's going to happen. Probably, uh, then, probably you have, not. then you're going to have a guy like Babcock <laughs> who might go back to Anaheim and want to develop uh, a team because he's been out of the league for so long, as you said. Carberry would actually be a good candidate for that. Knobloch would be a good candidate for that, or even for the Columbus job, for instance, where you have to – you get a team that grows with the coach. That's why I'm I'm not too confident if they bring in um, Andrew Burnett to be the coach because I just – I don't know if the Rangers can wait. They The Stanley Cup window is open right now. However you want to slice it, it's open. Yeah. And they're going to have to figure out a way to balance both development and trying to be a cup contender. That is a lot to put on a coach. I don't know anybody that could do it except for one person, and it's going to be a tremendous mess if Joel Quenville comes in. And it, it, the only advantage for the Rangers is they bring in Quenville. Everybody's pissed off. You answer all the questions. You fall on the sword like you should. And maybe people forget about it by the time September comes around. But I don't see that happening, Phil. And it's certainly something that it, it's 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 got both of us kind of cringing right now. Yeah, I, I, James Dolan is somebody who just really doesn't care about backlash. He just he just doesn't. He I mean he he rehired Isaiah Thomas after the whole Anuka Brown Sanders uh, scandal that happened. 
Um, I had family working in MSG and friends working in MSG at that point when that happened. So that was, oof, man, talk about eggshells. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I could say this. I Quinville is easily the best coach of all of them. We're just talking about his his merits and everything like that. He's easily the best coach. He's a Hall of Fame caliber coach based on his on his work, on his hockey work. I mean, is he a terrible person for doing what he did? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do will the Rangers take the backlash and fall on the sword, like you said? I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I, I do well, think I mean Quinville should fall on the sword. Oh well, Quinville should absolutely fall on the sword. That that absolutely. he should have done that already. He should have came out a, a while ago when this all first happened and, and said that this was a, a, a terrible decision on his, his part, and, and that should have been it. I mean, but mm -hmm. I mean, and this is the question that this organization is going to have to answer right here: if they go this route, is his work worth the backlash that will come? You're going to probably alienate a portion of the fan base. You're going to have fan bases around the league look at you like you're a laughing stock a joke and a scourge of the league because you just hired a coach that helped facilitate sexual harassment mm -hmm. and sexual assault. I mean, I, I don't know if they're necessarily going to do that, but something tells me that James Dolan might not care at this point. He might care more about winning a Stanley cup. I, I, yeah, I just, that's, I that's, that's a great, that's a great question. And unfortunately I don't have an answer that, that that's, you can see it in my eyes. I just I don't have, have anything. to say. I have a question for you though. Why is why are you not sure that Laviolette is the right coach? I don't I'm know. Sure it's a gut thing. It's a gut thing I mean, right now. I just you, I think it was short stay in Washington had something to do with it. Although let's be okay. on, let's be honest, Washington they were they were just like the Penguins, flawed and aging. Yeah, yeah, but you Florida know what? Look, look what he's done with with Philly. Um, he, he brought Philly almost all the way, Nashville, Nashville. Um, he, he's a, he's a good coach. He is, you know, he is a, you know, I would say he's not, he's not like a trots Quenville, you know, Cooper, et cetera. But I would say, I would say Laviolette's in that next tier below them. He's, he's a really good coach. And, you know, if the Rangers can, if the Rangers can get him, I, I you know, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's the right move. I think he's the best hire. Um, Quenville, I mean, yeah, the fact that it's still going on, maybe they are waiting for a final decision with Quenville, but um, I, I I tend to think that Lavia, that's their guy. It's just that, you know, they have to do the due diligence. And also, of course, other teams are interviewed Lavia too. So there's the other side of it as well. But yeah. um, I, I got to imagine that this will be wrapped up by early June. I mean, I know the draft isn't until later in June, but still you want, you know, they you want, want your head coach in there. Yeah, you want yeah, to give you want time. Head coach to look at some of these yeah. guys. You're right. Yeah, and this, it's just it's just a gut feeling. That's what makes me uncertain. Sorry, it, what isn't the, isn't the screen name for this comment apropos for what we were talking about with Quenville? Well, we're, yeah, you're to be dealing with a firestorm if they brought yeah, in Quenville. Exactly. Uh, it just <laughs> yeah, and I, I I can I hear you on this, David. I don't want another head coach who's gone in three years. I want a coach. That, but that's the hardest part with finding coaches these days because look at the tenures of them all around the league. Who lasts five years or longer anymore? John Cooper. No, only only guys on developing 
teams, and they have to be developing. You can't be. But who else aside from Cooper has really lasted longer than five years on a team right now? Can it take me a second to figure out who's uh... I mean, Keith is gone. Brendan Moore, uh, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah, Brendan Moore. Yeah, that, yeah. that's it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But whoever wow. you get for Laviolette, I think you need to get an assistant coach that he could groom that eventually had to step it in for him eventually. That might be a place for now. Oh, Mike Sullivan. Yeah, Mike, Mike Sullivan. Uh, Cassidy is not currently with Boston anymore, though, so that nope. doesn't count. No, because as a matter of fact, Cassidy is going to be a future comment uh, in a little bit. So By the way, he... everybody, we... go ahead. I was going to say, we have a, a Who Says No uh, Coaches Edition today for you after bar talk. I like that. Um, Sullivan would obviously, honestly, Sullivan would be the, the perfect hire. If if the if he wasn't staying in Pittsburgh, and I've got a feeling that he's staying in Pittsburgh now, because I've heard that he's actually been involved with the general manager search. So um, if that's the case, if that's true, he's likely staying. Yeah, and, and I know everybody's saying Patrick Wall. I don't see it happening. I just don't. Uh, I, I, I've, I've seen I've his, being an NHL player before then. I've heard his name. Hot seat land party. Oh, my God. Can we go back and play, like, uh, Counter-Strike or something like that, Firestorm? <laughs> Get some CS well, going, own some tubes. By the way, I, I do love the, uh, the idea of um, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 coming out because that's the one I never played because I was so turned off by, uh, by Sons of Liberty. Like, hey, thanks. Uh, I wanted to play a snake. So uh, getting on that one. Uh, but finishing up on this, guys, uh, you think this coaching search, it, it's that you think it's concluding or we might actually be doing our draft coverage without a New York Rangers coach? There's no, no way. No, no, no way. I, I, can't, I can't see that. Yeah, we're, we're going to go layup for this one. Layup. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll, have, they'll, they'll have a coach in place, I think, by, by the, when the calendar turns to June, I think. I don't think you want to push it any, you know, any longer than that, really. All right. Well, everybody, uh, we're going to take a second just to get the DraftKings read in here and then on to Bar Talk. Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. I love that sound by Anthony because every single time I know you're slamming me 
with that one. This is, who came up yeah. with this question? Who came up with that? Well, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, everybody, where we're gauging our confidence on these NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident? You're buying everybody around? They're so, so. I'll just have a beer or, you know, God, I need a shot. Play along down in the comments with us. And also, as always, why go to the liquor store when you can make it come to you? Make it a drizzly night. Just have people bring you the alcohol. And once again, as I say that once again, Jesus, that got repetitive. Big Apple Hockey trucker hats are available. Click the link down below. So, and like I said, working on the jersey. Philk, we got this message from Anthony earlier today. The most requested buyouts on capfriendly.com. Uh, Mike Hoffman, Matt Murray, Barkley Goudreau, uh, Oliver ekman Warston. Uh, is that uh, Morgan Riley, Anthony? Is that Morgan Riley, Tavares, Jack Campbell, and uh, Matthias Granlund? So, Michael Granlund. <laughs> oh, Mark messed up. Where is it? Oh, God. Oh, all right. I said the wrong one. That video has to happen. So we want what we want to do here is take the Goron City music from Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom and have that in the background of a montage of Mark messed up clips. Yeah, I mean it's it's good to have a bunch of outtakes. Thank God I actually record all of our shows. But Barkley Goodrow's got four years remaining at three point six million dollars, Philk. The Rangers should buy out Barkley Goodrow. I'm going to say shot because um, I think they'll find a trade. I don't think they're going to get much back. I think they may have to give up like a third round pick, maybe even a second. Um, I doubt it's going to be a second. I think it's going to be a third and maybe they'll throw in a lower level prospect with it. But Goodrow is not an AHL level player like Patrick Nemeth was. I know that he's got twice. He's got way longer term on his deal. Than Nemeth and I, everyone knows that the Rangers are bent over a barrel with a cap, but Barkley Goudreau is still a very useful player. And there are teams that are that are bubble teams and contenders. And anyone that has the cap space that's not on his list, we don't know who's on his list, obviously, would absolutely take him on in a heartbeat. He's he's the type of player that teams need. It's just he's become a victim of cap circumstance with the Rangers. So that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, first off, I'm confused. I, you changed. Uh, I thought the topic was the Rangers should target Michael uh, William Nylander, and you. Oh, I, you, I figured because you put this one up, uh, we're going to save that one. All right, and we are going to talk about that one. Uh, um, I, I, I liked. I liked it, Anthony. I just wanted to keep it in my back pocket. I'm gonna. I'm, for, as for this, um, I'm going to say shot. Uh, yeah, they would save. They would say, I think they would save because I pulled up the calculator here. Um, they would save 3.8 this year, 3.7 the following year, 2.4 the year after, and then after that, it, it you know goes down significantly. But, um, I, I don't know, I, I, I do think they would be able to find a taker, like Phil said. I think Arthur Staple even mentioned this on one of the mailbags he did where he, had, he answered fans' questions. Um, he talked about Goudreau, and you know, he said they probably couldn't move him. and they, were, they would probably have to attach a second or a third to him, which which Phil said. Um, so, yeah, I, I think even though he's got a lot of term left, I think a team that maybe, you know, wants to reach the cap floor, uh, like Arizona or um, any other team that, you know, struggles to, to really get, to get the payroll higher, 
would take him on. So um, it's a shot for me. I'm going to go shot for a different reason, and the ones that you guys all outlined are all good reasons. My reason is kind of simple, guys. Stop buying out players. The Rangers got in the situation that they were last year and other years before this because they kept buying out guys. You bought out Shattenkirk. You bought out Tony D'Angelo. You bought out Dan Girardi. I, I still maintain they probably could have found some taker for Dan Girardi. And, again, uh, the Mark Stahl contract wouldn't have happened. Uh, if I was I don't know. Like they were fighting anyway. uh, I think you, you could have – well, basically it, it, Dan Girardi and Dan Tony is the Tampa Bay guy. They, they would have had to retain on him, like big time. All right. I, I, then retain, and then you lose it. And instead of holding out for uh, – how Dan Girardi is still getting paid. He hasn't been a, a New York Ranger since 2017. So – or he's still counting against the cap. It's just – you can't buy out everybody forever. Find a trade partner. Barkley Goudreau is still valuable elsewhere. Well, one New York Islander defenseman – is going to be a hot commodity. It's going to be Scott Mayfield. He's going to get a raise from his uh, – Anthony, it was 1.4 he was making, right? Yeah. 1.45. 1.45. He's definitely getting a, getting a raise. I think some team is actually going to pony up to, to get him near $4 million. I just have a feeling that's going to happen. I think it However, might be $4 There you go. However, the Islanders should replace Scott Mayfield – with a puck-moving offensive defenseman. I love Mayfield. Um, you know, he really emerged as a legitimate number 4D um, when Trotz took over. Um, you know, he's a big guy, but he's still, you know, he does, he's not like a pylon like some guys of his size. He's really physical, block shots, so he's important. Um, however, with that said, um, I'm going to go round because if you look at the way the Islanders' D is constructed, um, Ryan Pollock, and Adam Pellick are, are fantastic. No debate about that. But um, they don't, you know, they don't really provide a lot of offense. And then you have Romanov again. You know, he skates well. He can move the puck, but he's a rugged physical D. He doesn't really provide much offense. Um, Sebastian Ajo, he's got serious wheels and he can move the puck. But, um, I mean, at this point, he is what he is. He's a bottom pair defense who could play on the second power play unit. But, unfortunately, he's too small, gets pushed off the puck too easily gives the puck away to really be counted on as like a guy who could play a lot of minutes and put up a lot of points. So where does that leave you with defense who can provide from the back? That's no adoption. That's really it. So if you replace Scott Mayfield with another offensive defenseman, I think that gives the Islanders defense a little more balance as opposed to how many, you know, stay at home, shut down defenders they have and how many puck movers they have. Um, so I love Mayfield and, and I, I wouldn't even be opposed to keeping him. I just think they probably need to get an offensive defenseman in there. Um, it's no secret. They had Nick Letty and Devon Taves. Um, they lost both of them, and they took a little bit of a bit of a step back. So they need a guy who can skate, move the puck, put up points. Um, before I hand it off to you guys, look for a guy, maybe Sam Gerrard through trade, or, I mean, Matt Dumba may be a little too expensive for him in free agency, but something a little more along the lines of that. Phil, you go first. I'm going to throw a name out here in a second. Yeah, I, I think Sam Gerrard would be what they would be looking for if they had an equivalent piece that could go back in a hockey trade. I don't know if the Islanders do have a piece 
Oliver Wallstrom doesn't have that type of value right now. Um, you would have yeah, to- especially coming off a torn ACL. Yeah, and that that on top of it, I, I just think he, his value is nowhere near what he was drafted as, and I don't think it'll be enough. Um, I, I, they don't have a young piece that that really kind of fits Gerard's age range and skill level. Otherwise, as like a forward, I think Colorado would make that deal with them if they did, because I think that's what they're going to be looking for, especially with the Landeskog injury. Um, but yeah, Sam Gerard would be a good one. Uh, Matt Dumba, I, I, I think is going to price himself out of the Islanders range. I, I and I don't think he's going to be worth his next contract. I really don't. I think that 50 point season, you're really not, I don't know if you're ever going to get that from him again, but uh, this free agent market really isn't a great market for puck movers either. So maybe well, not in a minute. might be better served as just kind of playing it, I don't know, close to the vest right now and and not making a big move for the sake of making a move. Uh, hello, 2016 UFA class. Sound familiar to anybody? Yeah, that, that one was real bad. <laughs> yeah. Real bad, and they made a move, and they ended up getting burned on that one. But um, so, yeah, I, I think, if anything, they should probably just stay the course with what they have, maybe bring in um, a lesser name to a smaller contract, you kind of stop, stop gap, fill the bridge, and then maybe next off season or maybe even draft a puck moving defenseman at this point and someone who preferably could play the left side because they need left side depth more than anything. Their left side depth really is just bad after Adam Pellick. So Noah Dobson, right side. Ryan Pollock, right side. Scott Mayfield, right side. Where is their left side depth after Adam Pellick? Nowhere to be found. So, Romanoff. Romanoff, but yeah, like, again, not really a puck mover. You, you Could he play as a number three, four? Sure. But do you do you see yourself winning a Stanley Cup with Alex Romanov in your top six right now? I, I don't. I don't. And I, mm-hmm. I think if, if you're an Islander fan and you're realistic and you're able to, you know, introspect any bit, You'll look back at those teams and the defenses that they had for those two, uh, you know, two teams that went to the conference finals and lost to Tampa, and and you'll say to yourself, you need something more like that. And Alex Romanov can't be on that 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 second pair unless he's got a significantly better defenseman as his partner. So, well, one name that oh, uh, by the way, Phil, what is it? Is that a beer or are you around or a shot? Um, uh, I'm gonna say beer just for now just because i don't know if there's the availability to really bring in that puck moving defense and right now like i said i think you may have to you may have to sit for an off season just bring in i I would love to get anthony's take on this but i mean i think one of the guys that's going to be available as a ufa is going to be uh, shane goss and you, you just wonder if he'd be a fit because I, when he was a rookie, Philk, my God, that, that kid lit the NHL up. He kind of faded out of that and then kind of got himself back um, into, into a, a pretty good standing as an NHL defenseman when he was with uh, the Coyotes. He's been, I don't want to use the word hit or miss. Uh, he's been okay with Columbus. He hasn't been fantastic. And then, of course, he had that uh, 
that incident that ended game three, which it, it did he get a stick that hit his, his shield? Yeah. But uh, uh, then he kind of dove because he grabbed his mouth instead of uh, just keeping going. And that ended up almost costing the Coyotes, uh, sorry, uh, Carolina the game. They ended up losing it anyway, I should say. But uh, Gossip Spear could be a candidate. Anthony, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, he's he certainly he certainly can move the puck. He's he's offense. He has got a good shot. I mean, defensively, he leaves a lot to be desired. But I guess when you have Pollock, Pellick, um, you know, Romanov, who was a defensive defenseman, I, I think they could probably get away with adding Gossespierre. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I love Mayfield. Um, I just think it may be time to to replace him with a more offensive D. So we'll ha- we'll have to see. Yeah. Which, by the way, I saw this before I stepped away. I, I severely disagree with that, especially for how much he gets paid. I don't think Mayf- Mayfield is vastly overrated. Um, I mean, listen, every guy makes mistakes. So every now and then, you know, you get frustrated. But the guy, he's a warrior, and, and he and he, you know, he's going to give you the same effort and really the same type of play every night. So I don't think he's overrated at all. I think he's going to get overpaid. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. he's going like, yes. to get vastly overpaid. I, I can yes. see somebody giving him five, and I think that's far too it much is. for what he is. Yeah. Uh, that actually was bringing me into my last question in regard to what you were saying, Mark. Um, what's the price range going to be on Shane Goss's beer? Because I know this year it wasn't as good, but last year he had, he had double-digit goals and 51 points. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he made $4.5 million on that previous contract. Is that going to price himself out of the Islanders' range? Because if it doesn't, it could. It very well could. Gosses beer would as well. Yeah. So I am going to go with a round on that. But the question is who they're going to get for the price and especially where they're going to slot them in. That's what makes it a little bit hard. All right, guys. (laughs) Tell me if you heard this story before. Austin Matthews is entering the final year of his $11 million deal, 11.64. And. Toronto needs to sign him to an extension, and if he doesn't, they should move him by July 1st, I'm saying. Oh, well, sorry, they, Phil. They technically can't sign him to an extension before that. They can only It, it can only be done after July 1st. So, All right, uh, let me rephrase the so question. I, so technically, I, I get what you're trying to say, <laughs> but what and, – and I'm, I'm going to – We'll just go with no date then. I was trying to put a pressure on it, but I'm gonna say beer, and I I I warn that they should take note from the guy that they brought in to be their captain and what happened with the Islanders, and not make that same mistake. But this is a player that's so damn good and so young that you have to you have to make every considerable effort, every possible effort to re-sign him. And I don't know what Kyle Dubas leaving does for those contract talks. You got to remember these players have relationships with general managers. And that's an important factor that none of us think about in these negotiations or where these players go. You know, um, some, I mean, Connor McDavid could have a great uh, relationship with, uh, I mean, for all we know, it could be, 
I don't know, Brad Trilliding or something like that. I'm just throwing names out there at this point. But, I mean, it, it, it factors in. It really does, and we don't, we don't think about that enough. So could that hurt Toronto with Dubas leaving and looking like he's possibly going to Pittsburgh? Um, who knows? It, it's possible. So I, I, would, I would get on the horse right now, and I would be gauging it. And if you're getting that wishy-washy, flaky, um, the girls about to ghost me type vibe, then I would start exploring his uh, – I would start exploring your options with trading him. Um, Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, because, you know, you could look at it from the Tavares situation. You don't want your franchise player to drag his feet, not sign an extension, and the whole year goes by, and then all of a sudden, you know, it gets to the point where it's like, oh, well, I'm just like two months away from free agency. At this point, you might as well see what's out there, and then, bam, you lost your franchise player. On the flip side mm-hmm. – I mean, look look what the Bruins did. I mean, Pasternak didn't sign an extension uh, last summer, um, and he signed, you know, as the season went on. So there's that aspect to look at it too. So I think if if Matthews made it clear that he wasn't going to sign an extension at all, then, yeah, the Maple Leafs would trade him. But short of him saying that, like, for instance, if it's just him kind of just, you know, saying, um, you know, that he's just going to, you know, focus on hockey for now, and we'll see what happens during the course of the year. They probably will roll the dice. Um, it's risky, but that's probably what they're going to do. So, um, I'm I'm going to say beer, but they they really really have to be wary here because you don't want to get in a situation where you lose them for nothing. So, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. If they decide to trade Austin Matthews, you're going to have to. Go to um, Adrenalize by Death Leopard and play the track Tear It Down because that is exactly what you're going to have to do. So should they trade him? What is Tor- Toronto's got to take a look at the mirror, guys. they got to say, this is what we are. And if they think there's still a Stanley Cup contender with Austin Matthews, then you don't get him out there. Because what are you going to get back? Not many times you're going to get uh, a Huberdo for a Kachuk deal, which right now the Florida Panthers are running away with winning that one only because Daryl Sutter destroyed Jonathan Huberdo. I don't know, guys. I, I don't know, but I, I can't, you can't trust the modern player now. I'm going to buy a round on this. You're going to have to move them. And at some point, if they don't – you, you got to put pen to paper. And the package you could get back could be good enough to keep them as a contender. But the Maple Leafs are changing their GM, their coach, their goaltender, more than likely. Uh, I mean, is Matthew Nyes going to be the guy that leads this team? I mean, I heard he was the greatest player of, of all time. It's just there's there's a lot that's out there that makes me kind of wondering. And I, I love Austin Matthews. I would take him on every team I have a, a, any day of the week and twice on Sunday, using that expression. But you got to get concrete proof. And I think it's closer to Pasternak, Anthony, but it still could be pretty close to Tavares. So we'll see about that. Yeah, Speaking could of be, the ma- I mentioned the gen- relationship with general managers matter. I know, you know, he had a good rapport with Kyle Dubas. And, you know, I think it was Freeman that was saying that, that if Dubas had stayed, um, the feeling was that, you know, extension would, would probably happen and that if he left, it would really be up in the air. So now I think Matthews has a lot of questions. You know, who's the general manager going to be? What's, you know, what's their rapport together? 
So I think Dubas leaving is actually bad for the situation, but I also doesn't. I also don't think it means you know the end. Matthews is out, but it's 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 tricky. It's tricky. I got a question to ask you guys about Kyle Dubas, but I'm going to wait to do it when we go to our Q and A. Speaking of Matt Kachuk, guys, Matt Kachuk scored OT winners in a four overtime game and a single overtime game. Name two other NHL players since 1990. To score OT winners in back-to-back games, John Leclaire, nineteen ninety-three, so Ray Ferraro, finals, and then Ray Ferraro. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Ray Ferraro for a second. This three, there's one more guy. And he won a Conn Smythe, but not the year that he did it. I believe I looked it up. He did it in two thousand and six. Fernando, third general manager in the league. Rob Brindamore. No, not Rob. Well, well, Rob. No. Um, 2006. That was the that was the general manager, guys. General manager. How many general was, managers have a conference fight? That was the Oilers and the Hurricanes in the Stanley Cup final. In, in the Stanley Cup finals or just yeah, in the playoffs? Just in the playoffs. Oh. Oh. Uh, Go in the comments, see if somebody's got it yet. And no. Nope. No. Beery won the Conn Smythe. He beat Steve Reiserman. Ooh. Uh, ooh. It happened in 2006, and they beat Steve Eiserman. No, no, but no, no. Sorry. I'm just saying the year he won the Conn Smythe, he beat Steve Eiserman. The year he won the Conn Smythe. He's a current GM in the league. And it, I think no. he did it, and he did it in 2006. No. I had the list of them right over here. I got to go bring that back up. Ron Francis? Nope. No. I'll repeat the question again. The There's one more guy. He's the last guy to do it. Consecutive overtime winners. Current GM in the league. I'll give it 10 more seconds, guys. How about this? Reigning GM of the year. Joe Sackick? Joe Sackick. Joe yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I had who he did it against, uh, and then I just lost it. But anyway, it's a special thing if you're able to do that, guys. Everybody, thanks for sticking, sticking with me on that one. Kyle Dubas. <laughs> That's good, Patrick. Um, Makachuk is the best American player in hockey. I'm going to start with you, Anthony, on this one. I know on the surface because of the year that he had this year and how he's playing in the playoffs, you could, you know, easily say you could say round. But then when you take a step back and, and you think about the other um, American born players in the league, I mean, you have Jason Robertson, who had a fantastic year. Tage Thompson, who followed up a really good last year season with an even better season this year. Um, you know, Patrick Kane's only a year removed away from, you know, scoring 92 points at, you know, at his age. So, um, there's Austin Matthews. So it's not really, you know, you would think this is a layup, but it's, uh, you know, it's not. Um, Matthew Chuck is, is obviously really good. Back-to-back 100-point seasons, Calgary last year, Florida this year. Um, but I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not ready to say round just because of the guys I referenced, you know, Robertson and Thompson and Kane, Matthews. It's, uh, you know, it's close. So 
I'll say beer. All right, Bilk. Wow. Um, Johnny Gaudreau also had a really, really good year last year. Uh, this year, he went to Columbus and just didn't have the talent around him. You know, with a young team we'll like that. Good numbers for not having as much talent. And we talk about Jack Hughes, too, who, who you didn't even mention. Oh, yeah. 97 mm-hmm. points. Um, I, I'm i going to say beer just because there are quite a few names. I, I do think that when it comes down to it, um, Makachuk might be actually the best American player in hockey. Back-to-back 100-point seasons on two different teams. Um, who was the last player that did that? Wow, that's a good exactly. question. Uh, yeah, we might have, have to, to go back that a while for that. That's a good one, Phil. Yeah, we might have to go back a while for that. Um, I, I, I think that it, it just no, and uh, DP. I don't think it's Messier because Messier uh, his le- his last back to back his last two one hundred point well his last one hundred point season was ninety two. The last one before that was ninety, and they were both with that. Uh, one was with Edmonton, one with the Rangers, but they were both heart winning seasons, which is interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I don't. I, I would say Kachuk's probably the best, but it's it's not it's not a it's not a round. It's a beer. Uh, we're going to make it a hat trick, guys. I'm going to put up the beer first for me. And now the hat trick graphic, which, of course, the big Apple hockey hats. But, guys, you know, I, I can't help but look at this. <coughs> and I want to say he is. I want to say he is. He has come out and proved everybody wrong that said he's not a playoff player. He's not a big-time player. And instead, he has just looked great. Every single game, he has been uh, – he's brought this attitude to Florida. This might be – and I always cite this trade. Anthony could call it the Butch Goring trade. Uh, I always call it the Brendan Shanahan trade because you took a team that won the President's Trophy in the Florida Panthers last year, and their leading scorer – you get rid of their leading scorer to bring in a new player completely – and I have trouble not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup right now. And the Vegas Golden Knights are certainly going to say something about that. More on all these guys in a second. But it's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be a tight one. I, 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 it, it, Kachuk's top three, I think, right now. Even though a lot of other worthy guys are in there. I think Tage Thompson or uh, Austin Matthews would be two that come to mind. But we're going to see more about that. All right, uh, sticking with the Florida Panthers, guys. Sergey Bobrovsky, his last 11 games, look at those gaudy numbers. 1.87 goals against, a 944 save percentage, 10-1. and Sergey Bobrovsky is the cons, my favorite right now. And I got to start this off, guys, and I'm going to go shot. And it's hard to believe I'm looking at all those numbers, and I'm going to go shot on it because I think it's Matt Kachuk. I think Matt Kachuk is – we just talked about him just now. I think he's the, the front runner for the Conn Smythe. Anthony, I go to you. Um, yeah, it's a round. I mean, I know you can you can say Kachuk, uh, make a good case for it. 
But, you know, after kind of losing his crease, um, Bobrovsky has come back strong. Um, I know I had questioned, you know, when Alex Lyon took over, is this the end for Bobrovsky, you know, in, in the offseason? Yeah, we all and, did. Um, I, we, that was now, a topic on Blood Talk. Yeah. But now with the way he's playing, I mean, he's earned, obviously, to be their unquestioned starter at the beginning of next season. Um, and he's, you know, he's he's carrying them right now, him and Kachuk. But I think to win in this league, you, you need really good goaltending. Um, and he's providing it for him. So I think I think it's a round. I mean, it could change, obviously. But right now, Bobrovsky has, has my vote. Dilk. I'm like I'm gonna say I'm gonna say round right now. Um, I'm this close to saying layup. This close, and the only reason why I'm not gonna say it is because I I, I have to I have to say Makachuk, and then distant from them I would say Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel has just been a freaking force for Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, I never I envisioned that Eichel could be a good player at playoffs, but never to this extent, this soon, this early with this team. So. Um, but numbers like that, that's better than – I would say that's better than than, than Igor Shosturkin's Vezina year last year. You know, 187? Like, that's that's some Henrik Lundqvist type shit. That, that is Lundqvist that's, all over. That is – that's ridiculous to even get get all that. That is just ridiculous. To even have those numbers, and he did it against two of the best offensive teams in the league. So this is where I think you guys are right about that. I just look at this team, and I think it's completely different. And Matt Kachuk is the reason why. Hey guys, Mark. do you know the last time the Carolina Hurricanes won a playoff game in the Eastern Conference Finals? Hey Mark, yeah. To, to, by the way, to answer your question before about Kachuk, um, aside from Kachuk and Gretzky, there were two other players that did it. One was a New York Ranger, um, and then the other did it. He played for the Kings, and then he did it for the Oilers the following year. Um, in the – let's see what season was it again. Yeah, he did it for the Kings in 87-88 and then did it for the Oilers in 88-89. He also went on to play for the Red Wings, the Canucks. Jimmy Carson. And the Whalers. I was yeah. going to say, is it Jimmy Carson? Jimmy I was Carson. letting him finish. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Carson, and the other who was the other in one was the Gretzky trade, yeah, and the other one was Mike Rogers for the Rangers and the Whalers. I was going to say Mike Rogers too. I was just letting that one kind of go. Mike Rogers had a very underrated career for the New York Rangers. So Mike Rogers is a really good player, and if Mike Rogers played in today's NHL, I think Mike Rogers would have <laughs> been would have been a hell of a player. I mean, he's, yes, he, he was. He wasn't big, but he could skate. And he could handle a puck, and he can make. <laughs> he was a real good playmaker. Tell you that he was on with the Smurfs, right, Phil? Yes, the, Smurfs the end, end of yeah. the Smurfs. Yeah. All right, but by the way, guys, the last time Carolina won an Eastern Conference playoff game, sorry, the, yeah, Eastern Conference Finals game, Game Seven against the Buffalo Sabers in two thousand and six. The Carolina Hurricanes are going to need to make major improvements next season. Phil, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I'm going to say beer. I don't know how big of an improvement they need to make. I, I think that they're going to look. They're going to have to look in, in, in goal. That's for sure. 
Uh, it just their goaltending just hasn't been good enough. It's been the difference these last few years. Just has simply not been good enough. Freddie Anderson is not the guy to get it done. I've been saying that for a while since he was in Toronto. He, he even Anaheim. I looked at him where I was like, all right, is this guy ever going to be the guy that's really going to win a cup? And I had my doubts. And then he was in Toronto. He had those great teams in Toronto in front of him. Yeah, some some of those lack depth, but the firepower that they had on those teams, he just he should have been able to help them, and he wasn't. Um, I do think that they're going to have to go get a top six forward. So I, I just don't know how big the moves are that they're going to have to make. I, I do think that they have to make significant moves. I, I just – it's the scaling of the word here that really steers me towards beer. Yeah. All right, Anthony. Yeah, the word major, honestly, is going to make me say shot. They're, they're, they were the second-best team in the league this year. They got the, the their core regulars returning, you know, Ajo, Svechikov, Vivac, Slavin, Pesci. And as long as they have Rod Brindamore as a head coach, they're going to play that same suffocating style. Um, you know, Jordan Stahl's a UFA, so have to make a decision on him. And then Phil mentioned they have to upgrade their goaltending. Uh, Max Pacioretty also – is a free agent, so they may not bring him back. But um, they do need more goal scoring. I mean, you could see, clearly see this series, they're hurting to score goals. Um, even the Islanders series, they scored a lot of their goals on, you know, special teams and struggled at even strength. So, um, you know, they, they definitely need more scoring. But, I mean, I don't think it's major. Um, they just need to add, you know, another piece or two. But they're, they'll be back next year at the top of the division. So, for me, this is a shot. Uh, I'm going to go with the shot on this too. Major improvements. Upgrading the goaltending is not a major improvement. Uh, they have Kochekov on the contract. He showed promise that he could develop. Uh, it's just, I, I do think they need to name a goalie and stick with him. And I understand you carry two goalies on your roster. Use them. Why not use them both? But I, I've heard that statement about quarterbacks. If you got two goalies, you have none. That's the way I always put it. Major uh, surgery on this team would be a huge mistake that you would look at this team and go, no, we need to do this. We need to do that. Yes, uh, I think um, uh, Firestorm said it. Losing uh, Sveshnikov was certainly a a huge problem for them. I also think the matchups just favored them. In most of my conversations with with Pete, uh, who is my Hurricanes expert, he, he said to me it was they were thankful that they got the Devils and not the Rangers because the Rangers would have been a problem. The Devils, they could beat, and then they, they did so soundly. Hell, game four, the Devils got the first goal of the game. looked like they were going to tie the series, and instead the Hurricanes just took them to the whipping post. And, uh, it's, and, and then they ended up winning game five. So uh, it's just I – I – I uh, now now by the way now I'm going over in my head if the whip and post was a good thing I was thinking the Almond Brothers uh, that might get me canceled now uh, nah, so it, it's a song we're, we're it's okay. a song it's a song everybody just try to say that one but no it's uh it's it's no it's I I think the Canes are fine they need to make some improvements but they also need to look and how to get more scoring on this team because that's one thing that they need to do. Uh, 
Going back to last night yet again, once again, I want to thank Taylor, Two Girls, One Stanley Cup, their podcast, for showing me around the American Airlines Center last night. You can follow them on Spotify, as Phil said. They do a great job. But unfortunately, I got to kill their captain right now, as well as everyone else, because Worry, Jamie Taylor's Ben. Oh, sorry, what? Taylor's been killing him, too. Okay, good. Uh, he received a five-minute major for this play on Mark Stone. Where you're going to see there's a little bump from Stone in him, and then he just cracks the stick right across uh, Stone's neck. And right there, he got a two-game suspension today for this, guys. Uh, this, the, Jamie's ben, Jamie Ben's cross-check may have cost the Dallas Stars the series. Phil, starting with you. Shot. They they've just been outclassed. They 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 found they ran up against a better team that's playing real good hockey right now. Um, they have all the confidence in the world after shutting down Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, two best players in the world. Um, they're playing a great team game. They're a balanced team. They're a deep team, and they play the type of playoff hockey that you need to play in order to win the old the whole thing. So uh, Jamie Ben's cross check was egregious. It was disgusting. It was terrible. And his explanation was even shittier than the act itself. Mm-hmm. So the words that he came out with, just zero accountability, no remorse, um, just terrible. I, I Honestly, I, I lost a lot of respect for Jamie Ben after that. So, um, but yeah, no, this, they were outclassed well before this i think the writing was on the wall and i think the frustration is why this happened and i i just think that this is just another maybe an icing on the tape uh, icing on the cake type incident but ben is just that that's not going to cost them serious they were they were done before that wow anthony yeah it's a shot um I mean, yeah, obviously taking that penalty didn't help. You put your team shorthanded for five minutes. Um, but I, I don't really think it, at the end of the day, he's. this is the reason why the Stars are going to lose. Uh, not even close. I mean, Phil really said it all. Um, the, the Vegas Golden Knights are just a lot better in every area of the game right now. Um, and that's really all there is to say. Yeah, I'm glad we're getting knowledge out of that one now. Yeah. He had time to think about it. It makes it even shittier. Yeah. And I got to say, guys, I'm going to go with the beer on this one because before I get too far into what the detail is on that, it's it's, it's not going to be around, of course. Uh, Phil, do you remember 2008 where the Rangers were playing the Pittsburgh Penguins? And they, I think they went down. They, they went up one nothing. I think they went down three to one. Uh, I actually thought it was 3 nothing. They storm all the way back and tie the game. And then Ryan Holwig comes out the next shift, boards a guy. I, I want to say it was uh, Ryan Holwig. But a power play wins the game, yep. Yeah, and then and that's all she wrote. And if it wasn't for a Henrik Lundqvist shutout in game four, they don't even get to game five. Yeah, and then and the, the game, 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 the the game four was when Evgeny Malkin slew-footed Paul Mara. Yeah. <sighs> so – but I do have to say this: if there's any time, it never, it's never, there's never a good time to take a five-minute major. But you just let up a bad goal, 
And uh, some of the guys in the lobby down here with me were talking. I don't fault uh, Ottinger, even though he does. He's kind of a little bit uh, lazy getting across. Uh, I thought it was a great pass from Eichel and a quick shot from March. So, but that's uh, yeah. The worst part is that. Wow. All right. Oh, all right. Uh, I don't know about that one. That's that's not a good look. I don't yeah, know. But, I think, I think, but you can't take a penalty right there. You can't take a yeah. penalty right there. You can't take that penalty. Yeah, you, you can't, Mark, but it, it, it didn't cost us. It's not going to end up costing the stars of the series. I mean, there were, yeah. I, listen, I mean, I think, you know, they were down 2 0 going into, going into last night's game. But I think, you know, the writing was kind of already on the wall that they weren't going to win the series. I mean, this isn't. Mm-hmm. This isn't a Steve. Ber- this isn't a Steve Bernier, you know, boarding call in 2012 in the beginning of in the beginning of Game Six that put the um, that put the Kings on the power play and took a three nothing lead. Now that cost the Devils the series because that that you mm-hmm. know without that who knows maybe they win Game Six and you go to a Game Seven, totally different situation. Um, yeah. I mean I think this is a clear shot. I, I think they were losing regardless if if Ben did this or not. That's just. You know, yeah, but you know what, Anthony? You 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 take that penalty. You had I think that at the time they had about fifty-seven minutes remaining in that game. Anything could have happened. The second they took yeah. that penalty, you took the the. I was in that arena. The wind, the 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 energy in that arena, gone. And they had some. They cheered the check, and they had some right there. Barbashev scores on that power play, and then. Um, was it Brendan Howden? From hearing the name Ivan Barbashev after I suggested that the Rangers go get him at the deadline. Just going to say that right now. Sorry. Yeah. And instead, well, Patrick Kane had to force his way over here. By the way, guys, to the other bench in that game, Bruce Cassidy, fired by the Boston Bruins last year, 2019 Stanley Cup Finals appearance with the Bruins. Bruce Cassidy is getting some sweet revenge right now. I uh, didn't have the graphic for it, guys. Sorry. Uh, Phil, start with you. Um, the banner for it, you mean? Yeah. So the, the, the oh, Bruce Cassidy's getting his revenge. Okay, that's what it is. I thought. Yeah, his cool. success is his revenge. I think that's the way I okay. worded it. Um. Yeah. I. This is a layup. <laughs> this is absolutely a layup. Uh, I, I would, yeah. How is he not getting his revenge? He's one win away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals again. The team had a 65-win season in Boston and, and set the record for wins and points in a season, but Cassidy's the one that's going further in the playoffs. And they got they got beaten in the first round by a team that's probably going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, Oh, Phil, I got I to gotta change it. Uh, the question I had was actually this. It was Bruce Cassidy's success with Vegas proves he wasn't the problem in Boston. Also a mistake. Yeah. Also a layup. layup. Okay. That's good. All right. Where's more for layup talk? Because this this, (laughs) this is his this is his session. This is his his segment. He loves this. But uh, yeah, I I I don't uh, there there's no real change to any of this. Bruce Cassidy was not the problem. I said when they fired him, I thought that it was a bad move to fire him. Jim Montgomery had a hell of a year with that, a hell of a yep. year with that team. But that's probably an outlier run. I, that team's not going to be as good. 
as they were this past year again. Um, they're going to lose some pieces. And I, I would say, if anything, Cassidy wasn't the problem. I think the general managing was the problem there. Don Sweeney just didn't get the right guys in and just wasn't getting the results out of the guys that he was bringing in. Now he brings in Hampus Lindholm, and they're a much better team. Go figure. You bring in a stud, you know, shut down defenseman, two-way guy, and they become a better team? Who would have thought? So, you know what? Don Sweeney finally started doing his job a little better and that they got to be a better team. Bruce Cassidy had the fall on the sword, unfortunately, and it, it, it shouldn't have been him. shouldn't have been him. It should have been Sweeney. Anthony? Yeah, it's, it's around. Um, you know, the, Cassidy, you know, did, did the best with the roster that he had. Um, he's a really good coach, <clears throat> and he's proven that with Vegas. Um, on the flip side, though, the Bruins obviously had a historic year. Jim Montgomery's a good coach, so I feel it's like a win-win for, for both sides, to be honest with you. But uh, Bruce Cassidy is just further proving that he's a really good coach. I want to make it a hat trick, guys. I'm going to go down to beer on this one because I, I don't think it was that he was the problem. But on the other hand, guys will just tune him out after a while, and it's just – the, the shelf life on every single coach only lasts forever. It, it doesn't, sorry, doesn't last forever. It only lasts so long. And I think maybe his time was just up with the Bruins and then that was it. But this guy landing in Vegas, my goodness, he just, he's, he's going to take two, two different teams in the Stanley Cup finals. He's got a good shot at winning it this year because it seems like whoever he puts in net, suddenly everything just works. Aiden Hill, are you kidding me? Aiden Hill, two years ago with or three years ago, he was playing on the Arizona Coyotes, barely getting noticed. Then goes this uh, San Jose, and now it looks like he might be hoisting a Stanley Cup. And Henrik Lundqvist and Igor Sesterkin still can't, but it's it's unbelievable. And the comment Aiden Hill made about the Dallas Stars fans throwing um uh, popcorn. popcorn on him yesterday, it was uh, <laughs> I guess everything stuck to me uh, last night. So I, I, I think Cassidy is definitely a good coach, landed on his head. I think the, 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 if the players tuned him out, then he, that is part of a problem, though. All right. Guys, going over to a GM from local, uh, our local teams, former Islanders GM Garth Snow interviewing for potential job openings, as for Arthur Staple. Garth Snow deserves some consideration for vacant GM openings. Anthony, this is your beat. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a beer. I, I know for a while, you know, Garth Snow was the butt end of a lot of jokes, and rightfully so. The guy went from backup goalie to general manager of a hockey team because he had an eccentric owner in Charles Wong. May, you know, may he rest in peace. Um, you know, but Garth Snow, to be, to be fair, you know, for early part of his uh, tenure with the Islanders, you know, he worked for Wong, who at that time, you know, was kind of you know, very stingy on the budget. Um, Snow didn't really have a lot uh, of, you know, I'll put it this way, like Lou Lamorello has a lot more luxuries to work with than Gar Snow did back then. You know, you know, he made the brazen trade for Ryan Smith his first year. And then, you know, he drafted well. He got some guy, you know, he drafted late round steals and Anders Lee and Ilya Sorokin, Casey Zekas, Adam Pellick. I mean, I can name a lot of the Islanders roster and, a lot of them were were acquired by Gar Snow to the point of you get some Islander fans saying that 
Gar Snow deserved more credit for the conference final back-to-back trips than Lou did. So the point is, while Gar Snow did some bad, a.k.a. hanging on to his good buddy Jack Capuana for way too long and refusing to hire a real coach and, um, you know, not adjusting, you know, in season for the most part to make uh, to make the needed changes. Um, he also did a lot of good stuff. So, I mean, I think he at least deserves to get some interviews um, once his his contract because exp- in the article, Arthur Staples said that um, Gar Snow for the last five years has still been getting paid by the Islanders, which was a parting gift from Charles Wong. So he said once that ends next year, you know, maybe he looks to get back into, you know, general managing. And at that point, I think he does deserve to at least get a shot and get, you know, an interview. Um, so, yeah, as bad as he was sometimes. And like I said, the jokes, I also think he was a decent general manager at times. So I'm going to go with beer. Folk. Oh, by the way, sorry. Phil, also, Anthony said this. I didn't want to interrupt him. To be fair. Anyway. Get it so. in there, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say beer. I mean, the, the, the word is some consideration. It, it doesn't say that he deserves a job or is deserving to be a general manager. So, I mean, again, to be fair. Um, to be fair. Yeah, yeah I mean... Yeah, I, I, I guess he deserves to be considered. Whether or not anyone hires him remains to be seen. He wasn't a great general manager. Um, have there been uh, worse general managers? Yeah, the guy before that that he that he took over from was at, oh not not the guy that he took over from directly. The guy that took uh, that he took over from long term was an absolute clown of a general manager and a clown of a person as well. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't um, I don't know if he'll get hired, but I mean I, I I do think that there will be maybe a team or two that might take a look at him, and he might he'll throw maybe he throws his name into the ring when he feels ready to do so, and he probably will get some consideration. And sure, why not? Why not? We'll see what happens. But um, do I do I know of any team, or do I think any team is going to hire him? That that's a different story. I mean, he did not have a great track record, so whether or not he gets another job is going to be, you know, depending on the market, his price to go to wherever, you know, is still looking at him, and it depends on whether that team really wants to take a, a chance on him because that's what you would be doing with Garstone. You would be taking a chance. You would be taking a chance on, you know, him being able to finally pull the trigger on some big deals, which he never did during his time there. And that constantly held the Islanders back from being a team that could go on to the next round. And they didn't win um, a playoff series until a new general manager came along and, and started, you know, changing things in the culture around. So will teams look at that? Quite possibly. We'll see. Well, uh, I'll break it out and interrupt myself. To be fair. 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 That I I got to buy around on this, guys, because I'm going to mention other names that are getting consideration for jobs if they even talk about them. Gart Snow had his faults. I'll say that. And he had some faults that, look, uh, you mentioned the big trade, Philk. 
He did it twice, and it was both with a winger that promptly left the New York Islanders in Ryan Smith and Thomas Vanek. His draft record is actually decent to good. We'll say that. Sometimes he got the right guy. Sometimes he didn't. He gave up on Nino Niederreiter way too early, for instance. But he never was able to make a big-name free agent signing or anything like that. He got – and the one he did was catastrophically bad in Andrew Ladd. So yeah. it's – I can't help but point out he's got some issues. But I'm going to look around the league, and I'm just going to say Cliff Fletcher had a job last year. And oh, that guy oh, should God. never get a job ever again with some of the moves that he made. Oh. Peter Shirelli might get another job again. And he signed uh, his yeah. and they fired him. Anybody who hires Peter Shirelli, you know what? You deserve whatever misfortune comes your way. Because that guy proved oh. how bad he was. And, I mean, Jim Rutherford got – Another job after Pittsburgh, and I was like, this this guy isn't going to do anything. And right now he's in the process of destroying the Vancouver Canucks. So does Garth Snow deserve consideration? Absolutely he does. Does he Should he get a job? That's a different question entirely, but some consideration? Absolutely. And we talked about him in the opening. We got two more Bartok uh, conversations before we go to uh, our Who Says No and Anthony, it is on because he's got the hat on and it's backwards. So uh, we talked about Mike Babcock uh, interviewing with the New York Rangers. Mike Babcock will lead an NHL bench in the 23-24 season. And I would put lead in there to make you know he's the head coach. He's not going to go and be an assistant. Also, I don't see him doing that anyway, but just in case. I'm going to say Beard. Um, I, I, I know he's interviewing. I know he interviewed with Anaheim. I, I believe the Rangers interviewed him as well. Uh, Columbus. Columbus, yeah. I, I, I want to I say round, but I'm going to say with Beard just because I, I, don't, I don't know if he's necessarily going to end up being – one of the guys left out in the game of musical chairs. So um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say beer. Anthony. Um, I'm going to say beer too. Obviously he's, he's getting interviews, um, but that doesn't mean that he's ultimately going to get a job. Obviously Um, I think being out of the league for a few years now kind of hurts him a little bit, but then again, there, you know, there are quite, there are quite a amount of teams that are, have coaching vacancies. So you got to think, you know, he's certainly a good enough coach to, you know, to get a job somewhere. But like I said, it's not always the case. You know, obviously teams like the Flyers who aren't um, going to be competing go for usually um, more of a can of, well, I should say can afford to go with like a, a riskier choice, like a Jay Leach. Um, you know, obviously contending teams like the Rangers would more want a guy like Mike Babcock. So, We'll have to see where the fit is. But um, honestly, I think it's 50-50. I think it's a toss-up. So uh, I'm going to go beer. I think also Mike Babcock would be good for the New York Rangers because he's a disciplinarian. And we were talking about the culture in the locker room. I think the interesting thing, and we're going to be talking about it, is the other sides from Mike Babcock. But uh, I got to go beer, too. There is also a quote of his that he said 
I wanted to be retired by the time I was 60 years old and he's 59 right now. So I think if he doesn't get a job, I think this might be it. And I think he might uh, campaign hard to get a couple different jobs. Guys, last question for Bar Talk. Notable free agents in this offseason. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tejas, Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, James Van Riemsdyk are just among the notable names. This is the worst UFA class in recent memory. And I'll start with you, Mr. LaRocco. Good to go around. Um, I know Tarasenko and Kane, um, O'Reilly, they're bigger names. But, I mean, one, look at their ages, okay? Um, they're not the same players that they were the last couple of years. Um, you know, Kane's, what, thirty? going to be 35. Tarasenko's going to be 32. A lot of these guys are older. Again, not the same player as they were. Um, you know, I mean, JVR, he's he's not he's not anything any good anymore. Jonathan Taves probably won't play. Um, you know, if you look at the free agent forwards, you got other than that, you guys got like Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, you know, he's a middle six guy. Um, you know, on defense, it's kind of meh. Um, no goalies of really note free agency to write home about. Um, and then you look like it's not like years past. You had guys like you know some bigger name like Tavares, Gaudreau, et cetera. This class doesn't really have any of it when you consider their ages. Um, and then lastly, if you look at it, like I think Sean Monahan is probably like the youngest free agent that's 27, 28 years old. And look, he's not he guy can't even stay healthy anymore. He's not he's not good anymore. So yeah, I, I think I think this class is really bad. So I'm you know I'm gonna go around here. Uh, I forgot if I put it up, but I'll put it up again. Philk, what do you think? Shot 2016 is the, the worst I've seen in quite some time. And yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I even think with this class being as bad as it is, it still doesn't get as bad as 20, 2016. 2016 was terrible. T- teams were overpaying guys like Louis Erickson and Andrew Ladd and Milan Lucic. And those contracts all were questioned when they were signed. And they all turned out to be absolute dog shit. So, um, yeah, Patrick Kane's old 34, changes 35, may not even play anymore. O'Reilly's still a really good player. I, I think he's going to be worth part, most of his next contract. Van Riemsdyk, I, I, I don't see anything coming from him. He's probably just going to get a smaller deal as a depth player. He'll probably make half of what he's playing. But then again, you got John Klingberg, Max Pacioretty, again, 34 going on 35, but and he's got the Achilles injury, but he's still a really good player. It's, it's the injury that's a wild card there. Monaghan we talked about. Lucic is terrible. If he gets anywhere over like a million and a half, I'd be shocked. Um, not Dumba. I mean, I know that his numbers were down, but, uh, again, still can move the puck. Jordan Stahl, still a good three center. Uh, Gustav Nyquist, still a, good, a decent top six winger option, more like a second line center. And you got you got someone like Dmitry Orlov that nobody's talking about. Um, I don't know if I want to consider Patrice Bergeron in this just because I think we may have seen his last game, but he's technically yeah. a free agent. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi, I think, is probably going to be one of the best players out there. Um, Jane Gossesbeer, which we didn't talk about or which we talked about earlier on, but I mean JT Confer, I think, is a really good player. I mean, there, there's some there's some guys, if you go further down the list and look at it, but 
again, 2016, nothing, nothing will touch that because that's by far the worst free agent class that I think we have seen and may ever see for a long, long time. I think it's fascinating you went with 2016 because the one I had was 2017. I mean, you're talking about Kevin Shattenkirk was the highest paid defenseman that year. Yeah, but and Kevin Shattenkirk was still a really good player. Like, none of those guys in 2016 deserved the money that they got. And I think Anthony just got booted. Yeah, hopefully he'll be right back on in a second because we got to do who says no. I mean, I mean, Philk, those are two bad years. That makes this year look pretty good in retrospect. By the way, Phil, guess who's a free agent this year as well? Kevin Shattenkirk. So there's Funny. a lot left to be desired on that. Guys, that is the end of Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk. We're engaging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice to drink. And we have still another segment for you before we get to our Q&A. And we're just going to get there right now because we got to ask the question, who says no? Uh, it's a no for me, dog. No. No. Mm, no. No. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Who Says No. This was a brainchild of our Anthony LaRoccos, who is coming right back on with us right now. And also brought to you by Pure Hockey. Click the link down below and go to Pure Hockey. Best selection, best prices you can get on hockey equipment. As we're going to ask a coach's edition. Who says no in these coaching decisions? And uh, we're going to wait and see if Anthony's coming back on right now. Anthony, uh, come back in. I think he's frozen. Oh, he might have froze again. Yeah. All I right, so hopefully Anthony can get back on in in a second. Some of these look like they might be good choices, Phil, and uh, some of them may not. We're going to see about that in a, in a second. But we're going to start with this one, Phil. Peter Laviolette. The New York Rangers. What do you think? Who says no? I think both say yes. I very much think that could happen. Uh, it, again, there's a gut feeling. I, I'm just uncertain about it. But I do think – I talking about a great coach and uh, and uh, plenty of great chances for him. And sorry, right, they got him. Back in. All right. And we got Anthony back in. Anthony, Peter Laviolette to the New York Rangers. Who says no? What's going on here? Uh, Mark, can can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you, and you're moving. I can't. Really? You can't hear. My screen is black. All right. Uh, completely exit and come back in. I'm. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign in from my from my desktop. Can you uh, just keep an eye out for the code I'm gonna need? Sure, I'll get the code out to you in a second. Go right ahead. All right. All right. Uh, by the way, Anthony, who says no? Laviolette to the Rangers. All right. Oh, well, wouldn't be a week if we didn't have a technical difficulty out of nowhere. Everybody, thank you very much. Yeah. So, uh, let's jump on to the next one. Phil, this is an interesting one, and Anthony brought this up earlier, and we were talking about Babcock just now. I was trying not to allude to this one. But Mike Babcock to the Anaheim Ducks, a reunion back when he brought them to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2003. Who who says no in that? I I don't think the Samuelis own 
the Ducks anymore. So I, I think it's different ownership. Um, I think Babcock may say no to that. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he wants to come back to a rebuilding team and deal with a bunch of younger players. I, I think he may want to go to a veteran team that's ready to compete. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm not entirely sure. I could be wrong, but I, I'm going to say Babcock says no. That's a great. That's a great question, Phil. Because I'm trying to look at this, and I'm thinking. I think it might be a good spot for him because you end up. Uh, uh, you end up just going in, and it could be either one. Uh, he could be in for the development, but he'd be in for the long haul. Like I said, he wanted to be retired at 60. I'm going to go with Babcock says no. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Uh, and hold on. I'm just giving Anthony the code to get in. Uh, everybody should have their own access codes to get in, but there you I, go. I don't know. I, um, that's a well, we still have we still have the one that we all share anyway. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. Jeff Halpern has been linked to the Washington Capitals, former center of theirs. What do you think, Phil? Who says no? A lot of familiarity there. Two stints in Washington, longtime capital. Um, I, I mean, I, I could see that being a fit. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess. I mean, it, it depends, though. And not only that, but Jeff Halpern was a teammate of Alexander Ovechkin's. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's definitely a relationship there. Um, I just wonder if if that's what they want to do and go with a rookie head coach, especially with somebody who's already – who's actually played with the team's captain – so, I, I mean, that could work both ways. There's a level of familiarity and, and, a, and a good relationship there. Or, oh, well, Ovi was around when the coach was still playing. You know, does, you know, can one player really have kind of a, a – kind of be ahead or uh, above the coach, I guess? I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know about that. I, I, so, I, I'm – I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I'd say Washington says no. I would have to lean towards. Uh, sorry, there was another one. Uh, I would actually, you know what? This one's a good one. It, it depends on where Washington is, and I think it's not the right time for Jeff Halpern. So I think I get rid of you. I think Washington says no. The reason why are they still trying to win a cup? I mean, and just they just I haven't admitted it after those deals. That that would be that would not be good to tell you the truth. Yeah. So if you're not trying to win a cup, Jeff Halpern is uh, is not the guy to go win a cup with. Because again, rookie head coaches they have to develop too. And I always say that where. You got to get coaches that they got to learn. All right. And I'm just getting a code for Anthony real quick. 
Philk, our last one of this, or I'll say this two more. Alex Tangay to go coach Calgary Flames. I I think Calgary says no to that one because I don't think he's ever coached at any level. I mean, I know he was on NHL Network as an analyst, and I, I believe on Sportsnet as well. But um, I I don't think he's ever really coached at any level after retiring. So it could it could it end up being like Marty San Louis? I mean, I don't even think he's coached prep school hockey. Marty San Louis coached prep school hockey. I know somebody who played for him on that team. So um, yeah, I, I don't. Um, I, I'm going to say Calgary says no here. I got to go Calgary. Same reason why I say the New York Rangers cannot go get Mark Messier. You can't have a contending team and a guy that's trying to learn on the job. It's just not going to happen. And it's 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 one of those things. If they want to do this, uh, you're you're basically waving the white flag, saying you're going to take a, a small step back. But Calgary, if everything is in place, they're – they're they're a cup contender again next year with the right coach. So especially if uh, Jacob Markstrom ends up getting back to form. And lastly, Bruce Boudreaux to the Columbus Blue Jackets, Philk. Who says no? This one I could see being a fit. I think both sides might say yes to this. I could see Boudreaux going to coach a young team and, um, you know, they've got some offensive pieces there and they could use a guy that can help them get to that next level and really unlock their offensive potential. A lot of those players, and I could see Boudreaux going to a team where he's going to want some years at uh, Columbus would give him the years that he wants and he would have the job security. They're not going to be expected to win anytime soon. When he took over in Washington, they weren't expected to win. And then he took over and they started winning in 2008. So um, I, I would say, if anything, you, you got to look at uh, Columbus as, as a pretty viable spot for Bruce, uh, Bruce Boudreaux. And I, I think that he would probably take a look at the young talent on that team and say, hey, you know what? I, I could crap these guys. So I, I think it's a fit. I think Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux is going to get some better offers out there. I would love he's, – he's a guy I would love him to coach whatever team I have. My only problem with him is that he is sort of like hockey's Marty Schottenheimer. He's a great regular season coach and a sub-500 record in the playoffs. And and But I feel I, – I hope like Jim Leland, he ends up winning one championship and before he gets out the door – because, man, Philk, I don't know if there's a likable guy in the NHL circles than, than Bruce Boudreaux. And yeah. he's um, he, he certainly deserves one. I'll tell you that. Uh, and lastly, uh, that, was, that was it. That was- okay. Um, I don't know what happened there. Mark got booted. But um- – uh, Mark is back. I was going to say, I, I've got to get going, Mark. So, All right. So I guess we'll we'll just wrap it up right there. Actually, you know what? I'll stay on. I'll do like 10 minutes of uh, – of, um, 
some I, I now I got booted, but I got booted because I went to go fix the, the thing. So sorry about the technical difficulties. Second straight week yet again. I'm going to answer just a couple questions and uh, and get out of here. So, Phil, go ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. And, uh, Have a good night. <laughs> and by the way, David's right on this one. Calgary says no, and then they add on uh, George Gallant instead. Good job with that one, everybody. But, yeah, Dale Hunter coached uh, – it wasn't 2015, it was 2012. He coached against the New York Rangers, lasted one season – and uh, he almost won two playoff series for for them. I think he just prefers to be a juniors head coach. And uh, Patrick, at least you don't have to worry about uh, having to worry about a new coach because now Lane Lambert is a second year head coach. Hopefully, he's learned a little bit from this year. Jay, I know what you're. I know what everybody's going back to about Patrick Waugh for the New York Rangers. He has history with Drury. Would he be a good fit? I honestly just don't know. I think he's a little bit. Too much, uh, too fiery. I think he'd be better with junior players. That's just me. I do think, he, I mean, I'm open to, to think about anything. Stat Boy Steven brought up a great quote on a different podcast, uh, the uh, Warty NHL podcast, that no, uh, there hasn't been a repeat of a coach winning a Stanley Cup since. Uh, Scotty Bowman, I think it is. He did it with two different teams. So, as saying that, it rules out a guy like uh, Laviolette. But, I mean, because you think about it, Quenville had all three cups with the Blackhawks, even though he did have success with the St. Louis Blues and the Florida Panthers. Not, not really successful with the Colorado Avalanche. That was a bit of a surprise. So, and I know we, we, we talk about his minefield. I'm going to go back to that comment on that. That went for him in a second, uh, Justin. But uh, so you have that. Uh, Laviolette, who won his cup with Carolina, but hasn't won. But he's gotten, the, he's gotten the Stanley Cup finals a couple of different times. I do think you need either a coach with a steady hand the entire time. Let's say Joe Torrey, the quintessential example of that. Or you need one with a lot of fire, but those also burn out so quickly. So, by the way, I never mentioned it before. I, I got the Dallas Stars um, towel right here, but they didn't even get a chance to wave that last night. Uh, between uh, Vegas scoring early and uh, Jamie Ben taking that ill-advised penalty, three nothing, seven minutes in, and Vegas just said, "All right, we'll just take that to the dressing room." Justin saying Joel Ward cost him his job. Yes, but also Joel Ward got him to maintain that job because, remember, he had the OT winner, uh, uh, let's see, two weeks before that against the Boston Bruins. That being said, yes, that high-sticking penalty was a problem. Joel Ward, who went from hero to goat so quick in Washington, it was unbelievable. Uh, needs to fight a type of fire uh, – Go to fire on the roster. They need a hard ass. The players will not be scared to work their asses off for. The players should not be pampered here. I think part of the problem is that, but also part failure is a great teacher. Failure is the greatest teacher anyone could ever have. I forgot who said that, uh, that, that one. But uh, to be honest with you, I think the failure this year is really going to sting. And I hope it does sting the New York Rangers. This should, they should look at this offseason the way the Florida Panthers 
looked at their offseason last year. They completely went the opposite direction. And you know what? Paul Maurice, he's a coach that a lot of people had their doubts about. Uh, I had a friend of mine chew my ear off to let me know how he's going to screw up the Florida Panthers and they might not make the playoffs. They almost did not make the playoffs if not for the Chicago Blackhawks. And then they go on and they look like a juggernaut right now. And we're all sitting there going, what magic elixir did they drink? They, they got something good. Tommy Smith is saying, by the way, hey, Tommy, expel forever. Uh, when do you think the window starts to close for the York Rangers Cup run? I'm not sure who the coach is going to be. The X factor with some playoff performances that we've seen. Sens, Sabres are going to be great. Igor Sesterkin is going to keep that cup door open plenty. And uh, there's two players that need the hard look in the mirror and uh, figure out their playoff success. And uh, Sesterkin, again, good. And uh, I mean, Artemi Panarin, you're talking about a guy that gets 96 points a season. You got to get a coach that figures how to unlock that in the playoffs. That's going to be the, one of the toughest things. And I think, I think he could do it very easily, uh, but he's going to have to stop this. He's going to have to drive the net a lot more. I'll tell you that. And people didn't think Matt Kachuk was going to develop into a playoff player. And look at him now. He's, he's probably going to win a con Smythe. So it's, uh, Borrow a quote from uh, the coach from American Pie. You don't score until you score. Uh, Jay Lewis, right back at that. Can't wait until the Rangers get a coach that'll make Panarin happy for a few weeks before he has a fit. Well, here's the thing. You can't coach for that. You can't you can't coach for Artemi Panarin not to have a fit. And if he does, sit him. You could say how much you're invested in him. Well, we're invested in you, buddy. This is the way I would say this to the superstar. You're invested to your teammates. You owe it to your teammates to give the best effort all the time. Don't dog it. And then you turn the, the room against them if he decides to flex an attitude like that. All right. Uh, would, uh, would like to get Corey Perry on a one-year deal if they have enough cap space. Uh, Corey Perry would guarantee you losing the Stanley Cup Finals uh, as he did it with Tampa. Uh, let's see, Tampa, Montreal, and the Dallas Stars the last few years. Uh, not this year, though. Patrick is saying, create a Harry Met Sally, uh, when Harry Met Sally meme that has the Florida Panthers logo with woman's face and the other NHL teams saying, I'll have what they're having. I love it. I love it. I'll do that. I'll try to get on there. Uh, later, uh, <laughs> but it's, um, I, I was trying to figure out something for that one. The one I put on there for the meme, uh, was, uh, it was a 2019 elixir because I'm playing breath of the wild myself right now. And, uh, just, uh, Sergey Bobrowski thinks it's 2019 all over again. Good for him. Cause there is a lot that has to be in there. Stifler is the man. And I actually, if there's one character I like Sean, everybody likes Sean William Scott, but he played such a good asshole in, uh, in American Pie. So that's how you just said on that one. Steven, 
<laughs> they could call it the cat deli. Yes. Ah, uh, the cat's deli. And yeah. And by the way, Stephen, I just quoted you a second ago about uh, there hasn't been a, a a coach that coached a Stanley Cup to two different teams since uh, or, or has won a Stanley Cup with two different teams since Bowman. So there you go. Uh, Bobrovsky literally on crack cocaine. Don't sue me. It's a joke, Bob. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll really be in trouble if, uh, if you go on sports talk radio and you're, and they're, they're getting everything in. You know what? I actually did not mention this. Uh, one of the, the viewers mentioned it earlier, but Ottman winning the Memorial cup. Great job by that kid. Great job by that kid. He is certainly, Earn that, and by the way, he's going to be an impact player, I think, on the New York Rangers sooner than later. I'd be shocked. This is my opinion. I'd be shocked if he's not on the opening day roster because they wanted him on their roster this year. Jay is saying, can the new Rangers coach, coach grit, heart, passion, crash the net style into the roster, or do they get those type of players on the team uh, with elite skill, uh, the, the elite skill that they have? I think you can coach that with one player right away, and that's Alexei Lafreniere. This is a guy that needs to figure out what it takes to just go right to the net. And you've you've seen him drive the net. I don't think he attacks the net and the slot enough. I think he's way too passive. Uh, He needs to get more aggressive. But that's just me. Uh, Because uh, Bob Brodsky brought See, you know what? I hope Sergei Bobrovsky does get that. Just so that way he would know. All right, you know what? He's the, the joking. It's okay. Um, two wins away from having two coaches in their final, uh, in the final, in their first season with a team, only the seventh time in NHL history. By the way, I love this stat. Okay, so the first time was Muckler and Milbury. Uh, Oh, and Johnson and, and Ganey. Okay, so there you go. There's this that was 1993, Demers and Melrose, uh, Burns and Babcock. Uh, oh, sorry, that was 2003. And then uh, Sutter and DeBoer and Sullivan and DeBoer. Uh, the first years with their teams. Okay, got it. Got it. So, and we got Anthony coming on. Um, Oppen looked good in the preseason last year. Uh, Patrick, to answer that question, Brendan Ottman is basically the New York Rangers' uh, number one um, prospect. So, and I don't know why we're having technical difficulties on Anthony's side. He's uh, having trouble logging back in. And John Muckler, if there's anything I could say for him. It, because of his years with the New York Rangers, that man did not know how to develop any talent. Uh, not that Nicholas Sundstrom was a world beater, but he regressed. Manny Mahaltra became nothing. Uh, he ended up growing a little bit later on in his career, just being a good fourth, third line center, which Muckler did say, but you know what? You don't say that to the kid. You try to get him to reach for the stars, and if he misses, so what? Um Davey, I would love to agree with you. I just think that uh, the call to trophy is already set next year. It's it's going to be uh, Connor Bedard. So that's just what I think about that one. 
Um, yeah, back to the Buckcore one. Milbury's name should be stricken from the records. You know, I do have to say this. I wonder if Mike Milbury could have done a job at all with any... Oh, we got some breaking news. So let's get that in there. Uh, Kyle Pozo is back with the Buffalo Sabres. That is a great deal for the Buffalo Sabres, by the way, that Kyle Pozo, the captain of the team, staying with the team, $2.5 million, one year remaining on his deal. Yeah, I, that team looks like they could be pretty good soon enough. Um, and it, uh, Yeah, but you don't need to know all the Rangers prospects. Uh the boar with the devils and the sharks, yes. But in the finals, if wow, that's that's still amazing. That's still amazing. As Islander fans, my memories of Nicholas Sundstrom don't match up with his numbers. I hated having to face him with the Islanders. Yeah, and you know something? Uh, he was a good defensive player. Uh, he only had, the, I believe, the one twenty goal season, ninety seven with Gretzky. But you know, you you just. You never saw it with Nick Sundstrom. Good third-line player. I remember when he played on the third line in San Jose, and that was probably the third best third line in hockey. So that was that year when uh, – a year or two when they were there. I think Solani was on the team at that point. So, all right. I'm going to go uh, to uh, 640, guys, so three more minutes. Uh, 27 of you guys are still with me right now. We have 10 likes down on my counter. And let me just make sure that's right. I got 21 on this one. Now, great uh, great bit of this, even though it's a 3 nothing finals, were they exciting? 65% of you said the conference finals were still exciting. 35% said no. I got to say, part of that might have to be influenced by that four-overtime game. All right, we got a who says no trade. Let's go with this one from Control Room Anthony. Barkley Goudreau and Ryan Lindgren. And a 2014, uh, sorry, 2024 first over uh, first round pick for William Nylander. Who says no? I think the answer actually is both. I'm not sure if the Rangers make that deal. I'm not sure if the Rangers make that deal. That's going to be a hard one. And I got to agree with you on that one. Uh, Baba Ganoush, you're already talking about Artemi Panarin not being a playoff type of player and Mika Zibanejad needing to – he kind of starts slow in both the regular season and in the playoffs. But it's uh, – I got to – you can't bring in William Nylander on this team. I think this team needs more grit. I think they, they need more grit, and you need to get that coached out of a Chris Kreider. <laughs> so I got to go with that. Mikey D is saying Toronto would say no on that one. Uh, but they, they definitely need something different. They need somebody who can really sort of just get more aggressive. Sadly, Stephen, yeah, they need a guy like Ivan Barbashev, who was a guy that a lot of us said the Rangers should go get. So... They go with that. I don't know why my head looks like it's tilting the entire time. Maybe because I'm trying to cover up the fact that I've gained some weight. God, I got to go on a diet. It's 
But here's the thing. The numbers all say William Nylander is a good guy and a a good player. I just – I don't go into games needing to game plan around William Nylander. I just don't. I never look at that. And don't get me wrong. He he can produce. I just don't think it happens all that often. Rangers need to tell Chris Kreider to play like a Chuck. Hopefully he does. Hopefully he's watching this. And and drafted his Rangers just drafted his brother Maxim Barbashev. Yep. <laughs> Patrick, unfortunately, not that tall. I'm only five eight. And trust me, I wanted to play. I wanted to play the front of the net style, and my back certainly is riddled with cross checks. Uh, nah, Jack. You know what? I don't, yeah, no, no, no. I don't want to give up the grit. No. I think they need to add more grit. But I also think Ottman could be that guy. I like the way he looks. Uh, we need to take the C from our captain. You know, Philk would argue with that one too. I, I think the part of the problem is the Rangers don't have a guy like that. They don't have that that great captain. And we're for life is saying Adrian Kempe. How about Adrian Kempe for Artemi Panarin? That would not happen. You would have to double Adrian Kempe's salary to get to Artemi Panarin's, and L.A. is just simply not going to go for that. And also, uh, you know, you never know. So uh, I doubt that would ever happen, though. Uh, but he's too soft. And uh, by the way, you know what? I, I got to say, Jack, thanks for calling me All Things Rangers. I haven't been All Things Rangers in two years, but we are on the All Things Rangers page. So, uh, Granny, hey, thanks for listening. Always great to have you guys in here. See, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that the consensus of Chris Kreider is he's got to go. The guy had six goals in a series the Rangers lost. And they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have lost that series. Uh, Davey's asking, what's the difference between roller and ice hockey? For starters, I would say... Uh, well, you have the rules. Uh, I, I, roller hockey usually has that stupid carryover offsides, which they have that stupid carryover offsides, which uh, I just never liked. There was just a weird sound that came on behind me. Uh, I'm probably going to wrap this up in about a minute, guys, as apparently I have a ghost in here. But uh, where I, my one year of playing roller hockey, I would. Snap passes across, perfect passes that break guys out. But then we get called for all sides because it's a passover. Um, however, I think the actual skating is a lot different, but that's a different story. Kratos uh, scores big goals in the playoffs, unlike Panarin. That is what he does. He's done it since his first uh, game as a New York Ranger. Roll hockey hurts much more when you hit the ground. Oh, okay. Here's another one we got for you. Adam Fox and Mika Zibanejad for Sebastian Ajo and Jacob Slavin. Who says no? I think they both say no, but I think I'm going to go with the Rangers saying no on that one. Adam Fox certainly, uh, I think, is way too important than the New York Rangers. So, and since I lean that way, now all of you can tell I did not make my bet. I think making the bet is one of the most overrated things ever, anywhere. Well, can you make the bed? Why? What do I need to do? So, all right. Guys, this is my last night in Big D, so I am going to be 
uh, heading on out. I'm going to go grab some dinner. Uh, I'm not really, I didn't really go sightseeing or anything else like that. Uh, I just kind of enjoyed where I am. Uh, enjoy the game. Uh, the look on everybody's faces, my goodness. That was just from, on, just completely unbelievable. But here's a good question, though. Uh, do the Panthers sweep tonight? By the way, let me just say I do find this funny that you have the my Florida Panthers uh, just north of Miami in Sunrise and the Carolina Hurricanes in Carolina. And you've got football teams, one college, one of the pros, that you could switch around their monitors. That could be the Miami Hurricanes versus the, uh, the Carolina Panthers. And get that on there. But yeah, um, <laughs> no, there is nothing wrong with making a bed. A matter of fact, making a bed sometimes is uh, a summer job. And they have to do that early in the morning, as uh, the beautiful Maria Casenza, who I cannot wait to see tomorrow night, reminds me about that. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, I think this I think the sweep happens tonight, but I, I don't I don't know how the Florida Panthers. Um, I just I don't know how they lose. I'm having trouble not picking them for the Stanley Cup right now. We're going to find out about that soon enough. Everybody, if you haven't already done it for us, make sure you hit that like. It has been a great time, just under two hours for tonight, and we've got a lot we have to do. And uh, it's been a fun time out here in Dallas. Um, my third trip, this is my third trip to, to Texas in my life. So, uh, gonna have to come back again. Uh, I'm gonna have to figure out where the next Mark on the Road is gonna be. But look for that within the next two weeks, or next week, definitely. I, I said two weeks to give myself some time, but I don't wanna get too far away from that. Everybody, thanks very much for joining us, and we're going to be back again, uh, hopefully, sooner or later. Uh, what apps do we use? Jay, uh, if you click the link below, I use StreamYard. Uh, it's in the description. Uh, I don't really have one that calls in. Uh, I, I prefer to try to stay away from it. But yeah, Jay, you can always just email me at um, well, email me at Big Apple Hockey. Uh, let me give you that email for you. I can give you more information as soon as I can. Uh, actually, here. Uh, and I just accidentally screwed that up. All right, email me on this one, and I'll give you more directions on that one. Uh, I find StreamYard to be incredibly user-friendly and incredibly customizable. Uh, there is, I've been trying to launch a, another channel talking about how customizable this is, but there's a lot you could do with this, and it's been absolutely phenomenal. So uh, I can't sing their praises enough, but yeah, check it out. Yeah, there's a lot you can do with that. Patrick, take it easy. Uh, yeah, and Rumble, we use an automatic um, a sync with YouTube on that. All right. Well, and also, take it easy, babe. And everybody, let's see who, if uh, the Panthers are punching their ticket to the Stanley Cup finals tonight. See you soon.